0: Happening? Well, we know what's happening. Good morning to all of you on this Thursday. Thanks for joining me as always. It is very much appreciated and we've been waiting for the news since Sunday afternoon. Would Belichick stay? Would he go? Lots of reports about his impending departure. Well, this morning. We found out that Belichick is indeed parting ways with the New England Patriots. It's going to be a mutual parting of the ways. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Give us that like as soon as possible. Throw your comments in. We're going to get to as many comments as we can. You can throw your super chats in so I can make sure that I see them. Also, subscribe. Don't forget about that. We are here as long as you want to be here or I run out of gas. I'm on no breakfast. So this is what we're doing. (laughs) Let's get to the Adam Schefter, Mike Reese story from ESPN this morning. From sources familiar with those conversations, there was said to be no conflict, no disagreement. And in the end, productive talks resulted in a mutual decision that left both sides comfortable and at ease. Now, let's first understand something. No matter if there was conflict, no matter if there was a disagreement, The Patriots and Bill Belichick are not going to tell us those existed. Okay. And I'm not saying this wasn't a conversation that went somewhat peaceful and harmonious. I'm just saying, from a public relations standpoint, it's obvious. Press conference coming up in about three hours at Gillette Stadium. It's obvious that the organization and Belichick both want to present to us, the fans, the media, that this was not something that was knock down, drag out kind of fight style in Robert Kraft's office. So right out of the jump, you see Schefter and Mike Reese say, hey, look, there was no conflict. There was no disagreement. In the end, they were productive talks, and it was a mutual decision. Both Belichick and Kraft, as one outside party noted, quote, took the high road, unquote, which was fitting for an owner-coach tandem that will go down as one of the greatest and most decorated in NFL history. Belichick, who had one year remaining on his contract, will be allowed to leave the team without the Patriots seeking compensation. I'll get to that in a couple of minutes. He will want to continue coaching and is expected to draw interest from at least some of the other seven NFL teams that have had coaching vacancies, quite possibly the Atlanta Falcons League sources said. The Patriots now will embark on their first head coaching search in a quarter century. Patriots linebackers coach Gerard Mayo, whom the team signed to a contract extension in the offseason, and Kraft has identified as a rising head coaching candidate, projects to be a, if not the, leading candidate for the job, sources said. Josina Anderson has come out. She posted this morning that she does not believe that Gerard Mayo is a leading candidate. She doesn't believe anybody is a leading candidate. We'll see what happens there. So, first, why did this take so long? Four and 13 season. There have been so many reports about Belichick in the Patriots' parting ways. Go back a number of weeks ago. Tom Curran said this decision was made after the Germany game when they lost to the Colts and that horrendous interception by Mac Jones. So, why did this take so long? It took so long, I think, because Robert Kraft, from the very beginning, has said he wanted the elegant solution. And so. Oh. He was not going to have this mutual parting of the ways on Monday, not on Black Monday. It wasn't going to happen on Tuesday. It would have seemed like, hey, this was just a fait accompli, only a matter of time. Wednesday, yesterday was, I think, the day when we started to look at this and say, all right, what's happening here? Kraft was not going to pull the trigger quickly right after the season, just from an optics standpoint. But I also think this is Kraft having respect for Bill Belichick and what he did here in New England. And he wanted that elegant solution. And that's what's going to happen today. Don't expect fireworks at this press conference. Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick are going to sit up there at the dais and they're going to wax poetic towards each other. Lots of bouquets of flowers are going to be thrown out there. Bill Belichick, I'm absolutely 100 percent positive will be graceful. He'll crack some jokes. Belichick knows the room. He understands it. So Robert Kraft, Belichick, they will sit up there one last time united until Belichick gets brought into the Patriots Hall of Fame and gets his red jacket. They will sit up there united, a united front to say it was just time. It was time for us to move on. It was time for Bill to attack another challenge, however they put it, that's what this press conference is going to be. And that's what Kraft wanted. He wanted the elegant solution. He wanted the mutual parting of ways. I've talked about trades. I've talked about compensation. I've talked about the idea of the Patriots drawing the hard line. But Robert Kraft was not going to draw that hard line. Robert Kraft was not going to use the leverage. He did not want to use the leverage. He did not want to drag this out. He wanted to get this done. He wanted to agree with Belichick that things had to move forward here and there needed to be a new set of eyes as the head coach. That's what Kraft wanted. So that's why we are here on this Thursday talking about Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots mutually parting ways. This was not going to be a war. I said that on the podcast going back to last week. I did not expect a war. Kraft had some leverage but he wasn't willing to battle on this. And frankly, I also said this. If it was going to take you two to three weeks to try to get some compensation for Belichick, in the best interest of the football team, in the best interest of everybody that works in that facility at Gillette Stadium, in the best interest for Belichick and Kraft and the fans, the best interest of the future of this organization, what happened today is what should happen. You want to get this thing started. You have a lot of roster overhaul. One third of your team are free agents. The offensive side of the football is a disaster. You need to address the quarterback situation. You have a top three pick in the draft. You've got tens of millions of dollars to spend in free agency. The earlier you can get this crack-a-lacking, the better. And that's what we saw. I'll have plenty of thoughts. Let's get to some of your thoughts, though. Again, throw your comments in if you'd like. If you want to jump to the front of the line, you can throw in a super chat. I always appreciate those. Rob Landry jumps in and says, good morning, Nick. Not late. Glad to see the step is finally over. Now hire hire the guy from San Francisco and Vrabel and get the rebuild moving. He's talking about Adam Peters. Of course, Adam Peters is a very sexy name when we talk about GM slash president of football operations. He has a relationship with Mike Vrabel. Uh, He also spent time in New England as a scout, which is how he knows Vrabel. And we'll see what happens. I do want to focus primarily on Belichick in the news today and what's happening right now and why this happened, and then look at what Belichick meant to this football team in this area. Today is going to be the majority of it about Bill Belichick, but I do think you look at now Adam Peters as a possible GM. There are a number of names out there. We don't know if they're going to be good or not. We have no idea. They haven't been the guy in the building, right? And of course, we got Gerard Mayo and Brian Flores and Mike Vrabel as names being thrown out there, possibly replacing Belichick. We'll see where the team goes. John says, they'll go into Dallas. Certainly a possibility. And I thought it was very telling. Jerry Jones on the radio this week said, we'll see how the team performs in the playoffs. That to me was Jerry Jones saying, if Mike McCarthy is not successful in the playoffs, if we do not go on a deep run, I am ready to move on. And Belichick has been linked with the Cowboys already. So you do wonder, will Belichick sit back, wait this thing out, not jump at the earliest opportunity and see how things go in Dallas? If he truly believes that Dallas could be open, then Belichick might be willing to wait on this, but we'll see. Ant Jr., what a good morning. It definitely is, Nick. Thanks for everything, Bill. But just like how you did players, you coached your career. Your time has finally come. So Ant Jr. says, C'est la vie. Had enough. It was time. Goodbye, Bill. Charlie, RIP, dynasty. So Charlie, I don't know if he's just giving respect or if he's upset, but he says, Dynasty over. I think the dynasty was over when Brady walked out the door. But uh, certainly the Belichick era is over bomb jumps in morning nick it is a day filled with mixed emotions please robert make a wise choice for the next head coach i do think as w brundog jumps in and says it's a sad day i think it's perfectly fine and acceptable for you to feel mixed emotions today it's fine i've been saying this from day one if you've watched this podcast if not Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up doing a special breaking news edition of the Nick Cattle Show podcast today. We usually go live Monday through Friday. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Friday, every day at 11 a.m., but obviously gigantic news breaking, so we're here with you this morning a little bit earlier. But I've said this on the podcast. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up, comment, subscribe. We're getting closer to 1,500 subscriptions, which is the goal by the end of January. But I've said this from the beginning. I think it's perfectly fine for fans to be frustrated at what's happened since Brady left, but also respect and appreciate what Bill Belichick accomplished in the first 20 plus years here with the Patriots. And some people act as if it's black or white, that you have to choose a side. I think that's ridiculous. I think we're human beings. We have emotions that get mixed. And you can certainly be thankful for all of the memories that Bill Belichick provided and the success that he brought, which we'll get to later on in this very podcast. But you can also be incredibly frustrated and annoyed by how this program has been run the last four or five years. You can be frustrated and annoyed about Brady leaving. That's all fine. KJ, what's up? How's it going, buddy? Ed is happy. Oh, happy day. Ed's very, very happy. Mr. Snoopy. Finally, Kraft grew some balls to stop being Mr. Cheapo. Pay them what he owed him. I mean, he deserves that. The guy's the best coach ever, but it's time to move on. We're going to be crappy for years. I'm not going to sit here and tell you we're going to be crappy for years. You've got a top three draft pick. You've got tens of millions of dollars to spend. You have a very, very good basis on defense. Nice foundation there on that side of the football. Uh, I, I don't think all is lost. You just have to hit. Free agency, draft picks, you've got to hit. If you swing and miss big, especially at the top of the draft, then you're screwed. Benny's Ben says, hope they get Vrabel, assistant GM from San Francisco. Again, that would be Vrabel and Adam Peters. Okay, so let's get into this and why it's the right decision. This is the right decision. And I know some of you might disagree with that. I think most of you agree. This was the right decision. It was time for Bill Belichick to go. It was simply time for him to go. Three out of the last four seasons, a losing record. This team, including the playoffs, since Brady left for Tampa, is 29-39. and 39. 10 games under five hundred. That's what this team has been. And I think four years is long enough that is a a large enough sample size to make this decision. There has to be some kind of statute of limitations as far as Belichick, right? You can't just sit here and say, well, 29 and 39, but maybe he'll turn things around. Belichick had his opportunity in 2021 to get this thing back on the tracks. It looked like we were heading in the right direction. It looked like after a 10 win season, a playoff appearance that Belichick had this thing settled, had this thing going the right way. but then. It fell off the tracks. In 2021, Belichick had tens of millions of dollars to spend. He was given the keys to find that next future franchise quarterback. And whether you believe that Mac Jones sucked from the beginning or you believe that Bill Belichick broke Mac Jones this last season, it doesn't really matter. The point is Belichick did it wrong. He either evaluated and drafted the wrong guy or. He failed to develop and surround that quarterback with the proper weapons and the proper support. No matter which camp you're in, we all need to agree that Bill Belichick got that wrong. Because if you think Mac sucks, then Belichick drafted the wrong guy. And I'm not getting into the Robert Kraft conspiracy theories about drafting the quarterback. That was a Bill Belichick decision. All of the reporting, everything that's been said, Bill Belichick made the final call to draft Mac Jones. So in 2021. Belichick had his opportunity to reshape, reform this roster and build a new, better New England Patriots, and he failed to do it 29 and 39 since Brady left. Some might say, well, Nick, it's one bad season. That's unfair. You're being unfair to Belichick. That's only one bad season. We can't play that game. We can't play that game. What if I said to you, let's throw out the good season, (laughs) right? Okay, you want to throw out this last season. Let's throw out 2021. If you're not going to count the worst season, I'm not going to count the best season post-Brady. Doesn't that make sense? If you took out 2021, this team is 19-32. and 32. Not good. So if you want to play your game, I'll play my game, tit for tat. It's simple. This team has not been good enough post-Brady. And that falls squarely on Bill Belichick. Four years is more than long enough. Four years is a presidential freaking term. Not a Supreme Court justice lifetime appointment. You've got to win. And as Belichick would say and would tell his players, this is a results now based business, right? What have you done for me lately? That's how this works. You can't go back to 2018 and 2014 and 2004 and 2000. You can't go back to those years. You have to look at this if you're Robert Kraft. What has been happening since Brady left? Belichick had all the resources. He had the money. He had the drafts. He had to get this thing straight, and he failed. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Don't forget, all the likes means more eyeballs. You're on Facebook, give us a like. if you're on YouTube especially. Give us that thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe, trying to get to 1500 by the end of this month. James jumps in and says, "The franchise will certainly commemorate his contribution, and I think the whole discussion would have been very amicable. I would hope so, right? Look, Bill Belichick's not dumb. Bill Belichick has to know it was a three, a four and 13 season. At four and 13, you have to know. After what Kraft had done publicly, let's not forget, Kraft sends the letter to season ticket holders and says, we're not going to stand by this. Every single time he's, he's talked to the media in the offseason, he's mentioned, we're a winning foundation, we're a winning organization, and we have to win. We've got to get into the playoffs, and we've got to win a playoff game. I'm sick of all this losing. Belichick knew this was going to happen. Sitting there at 4-13, and 13, he had to know that this was absolutely on the table. And I would hope, and you would hope, I think, that this was amicable. That it was a mutual parting of the ways. That Belichick and Kraft got together over the last couple of days and said, you know what, it's just time. We don't want to see the end of this be ugly. At least I don't. Paul, holy cow, holy cow. Belichick is gone, everyone. Thanks, Belichick, even if the last four years have been disastrous. And and that's what I'm saying. I, I think you can respect and appreciate the the years of winning and, and all of that, but be upset at, at what's happened over the last four or five years. Kay says, I, I just don't want a defensive-minded replacement. Look, all I'll say is this. Get the right guy. Offense, defense, special teams, quarterbacks, co- just get the right guy. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to care if the Patriots win who the head coach is, whether he's defensive or offensive or special teams, just get the right guy. We get wrapped up in this conversation. And I did a podcast on offensive-minded coaches and defensive-minded coaches, some really good research within that podcast. I did it a few weeks ago. If you want to dig into that, I would suggest so. We did a lot of homework in that podcast to provide you the numbers. Frankly, it's just NFL owners, it's a copycat league, and they love hiring young offensive minds because it's been the sexy thing to do. It doesn't mean that defensive-minded coaches haven't been good. And it's a numbers game. And if you have noticed, a lot of defensive coordinators are getting job interviews. Not as many offensive coordinators getting job interviews. Ben Johnson is the name. But most of the names I've seen so far have been defensive. So defensive, offensive, I couldn't care less. Just get the right guy. Defensive guy, bring in the right offensive coordinator, bring in the right offensive staff, so if that OC moves on, you can then promote somebody from within. Flying Elvis, this was the best way for Kraft and the Patriots to part. Both sides can now make plans for the future. Hire Vrabel. Hire Vrabel. Trying to fly through some of these. Bobby, do you see him hanging it up like Sabin since they are so close? No. I don't see him doing that. I don't see them going off and smoking blunts on the boat. I don't see that, Bobby. Uh, Belichick wants that Don Shula record. That thing is in his crosshairs. He wants the record, and he's going to continue to coach, I believe, until he gets that record. Whether it's Atlanta, whether it's the Chargers, whether it's Dallas, I think he's going to go to a team. He doesn't have to rebuild. He can slide in and win 10 games or so the next couple of seasons beat that Shula record, and then focus on the future. Alan, Nick, I love your show. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate that. This is the best for everyone. Bill was clearly past his prime, mainly because his horrendous draft picks over the last four years, which have led to the worst roster in the NFL. We also did a podcast on the drafting from Bill Belichick. 2015 to 2022 was brutal. Stunk out loud. You can check out that podcast. Continue to give us that thumbs up. The audience is growing. It's because of you. Not because of me, it's because of you. Thumbs up, every like means the world to me. Comment, subscribe, and if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Pods, you're getting this later on in the day, but rate and review. All right, back to why this was the right decision before more of your comments and reaction. Bill Belichick failed to evolve. And what we saw in 2023 was the culmination of many mistakes on many different levels. Belichick failed to evolve as the league trends going forward more on fourth down and short, fourth down and mid, around the 50-yard line. As the league has evolved and become more aggressive offensively, this Patriots team did the exact opposite. Bill Belichick has been one of the most conservative head coaches in the NFL since 2012. He was one of the, the top three or four most conservative coaches in the league this year on fourth down. He failed to evolve. How many times would you have fourth and three or less around the 50-yard line, and you see Belichick punting? He did it in 2021. He did it in 22. He did it this year. He did it back in 2012. Don't tell me it's about the offense. Don't tell me it's about the quarterback because he was making the same kinds of decisions with Tom Brady as his quarterback. So he failed to evolve. He failed to be aggressive. He failed to follow the trends. Maybe he was trying to zig while the league was zagging. I couldn't care less. He was way too conservative. He was way too content trying to win football games 16 to 13. And that showed itself time and time and time again until the very end. The offensive system is antiquated. The scheme is antiquated. It's very difficult for a quarterback to work within this scheme. The only quarterback that has consistently been very good in this offensive scheme happens to be the greatest quarterback of all time who had a crazy supercomputer for a brain. Brady was the only one. So you're talking about a philosophy on offense that is antiquated, a philosophy as far as in-game strategy on fourth down not evolving, and it led to, Awful offensive years after awful offensive years, the last couple. And that ties in with the staff. Belichick, too loyal. Too loyal to some of his guys. He likes the circle of trust. Troy Brown, great patriot. No reason he should have been wide receivers coach. The wide receivers have been horrendous the last couple of years. Bad routes being run, not on the same page. All of the things that we've talked about. Brutal. Troy Brown should have been out after last year. Matt Patricia, Joe Judge should have had absolutely zero reason to try to install the Kyle Shanahan offense in 2022. There was no reason to put a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator at the top of the offensive pyramid to handle Mac Jones in his second year after Josh McDaniels left. The only reason was because Patricia and Judge were Belichick guys. There's no reason why Cam Court is still coaching on this team with special teams when they've literally been one of the worst special teams units in football the last two or three years. There's no reason. The only reason is he's a Belichick guy. And that's what we see. Defensively, there's no doubt. Look, nobody's going to question Bill Belichick's acumen, his ability, his capability on the defensive side. The man is a defensive genius. Don't get it twisted. He evolves defensively his free agents, his draft picks, better on the defensive side. And that's not a coincidence. That's not by mistake. So nobody's going to sit here and tell you that defensively he's not still great. He is. This defense this year without Christian Gonzalez, without Matthew Judon, without Jabril Peppers towards the end of the season, they continued to play good, if not great football. They were a top 10 defense in DVOA. But as he evolved, and as he continued to stay ahead, and as he continued to be great defensively, offensively, things continued to fall apart more and more and more and more. And as things continued to fall apart, he could not figure it out. Juju instead of Jacoby. Parker instead of Hopkins. No plan for the quarterback position post-Brady. From Stidham to Cam to Mack to Bailey. He never could figure that part out. It was rather simple watching, and it it was not only because of the players. Again, it was the offensive system that's been installed. It was the fact that he's too conservative on fourth down, the approach, how he views football. It was the staff that was limited, guys that he just wanted to keep because they were his guys. Special teams, as I mentioned, has been brutal. We always talk about, oh, well, offensively it's been bad. It's been more than that. Nobody's going to argue about the defense. The offense has sucked. The special teams has sucked. Who told us? There's three phases. Belichick always told us the three phases, right? There are three phases to the game. Two out of the three, they have failed miserably the last three seasons. Joey says Belichick in Tennessee, born there, still owns a house in Nashville. I don't think so, Joey. I don't think that Belichick is going to want to rebuild a program. Not at 72 years old. I think he's looking at the Chargers. I think he's looking at the Falcons, who we talked about earlier this week, is a quarterback away, even an average quarterback away, from probably winning nine or ten games and winning that division. I think he looks at Dallas if Mike McCarthy can't figure out the playoffs. And Cren says, waiting all morning for you, Nick. Ireland fan. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. From Ireland. All right, let's get to a Super Chat. Again, you can jump the line with your Super Chats. I always appreciate Super Chats. They mean the world to me. I get paid through YouTube ads, peek behind the curtain. That's how I get compensated. Let me just tell you, I'm not making millions here. (laughs) It's a one-man band. That's what we do. This show, one guy. So I always appreciate the Super Chats that come in. Devin Allen says... Hiring Mayo would be just another half measure. They need to go with Vrabel or an offensive guy. Uh, The the Mayo thing, I do wonder, how many people are looking at Mayo and saying, "Uh, do we really need to go there? Like, there's absolutely the feel of, if you hire Mayo, you hired Mayo because that was the plan a year ago. And I'm not going to dive too deep into this stuff today, as I said, but I, I will mention, I hate the idea of hiring a guy just because that was your plan a year or two ago. Mike Vrabel is now available. If you feel like Mike Vrabel is a better coach than Gerard Mayo, then you pull the trigger and you bring Vrabel in. You don't, you don't bring Mayo. You don't promote Mayo to head coach just because that's what you wanted to do a year ago. A lot of things have changed. You just went through a four and 13 season. Vrabel's available. Jim Harbaugh is available. So I would like to go back and and kind of rethink this. And Josina Anderson posted today that she does not believe that Gerard Mayo is necessarily a leading candidate. What is in the best interest of this football team right now and this fan base right now is the Crafts need to start from scratch and say, okay, we wanted Mayo. Mayo was the plan. But should Mayo remain the plan? Who is available? What is their philosophy? Who do they want as a GM? How do they envision this offensive, you know, program? You need to, to me, you could keep Gerard Mayo as one of the favorites. That's fine. But I would say restart everything and try to figure out who is the best for the job. Gregory Brown, I believe Mike Vrabel and Adam Peters will be coach and GM respectively. Some people believe that. I do think it's interesting that Tom Curran, who's been... Very good on this stuff this year, folks. Curran has been steadfast the last couple of days that the Patriots would not move away from their plan. so it, it, we'll see but but Tom Curran has said that he believes that the you know Kraft is very methodical. Robert Kraft is methodical. The plan has been Gerard Mayo, and he believes that Gerard Mayo is going to remain the plan. you know that that's that's what he has said. So if Curran if is right, then that means Mayo is absolutely the leader in the clubhouse, if not going to be named. And it'll be fascinating today. Press conference coming up in about two and a half hours at noontime. It'll be fascinating to see because absolutely the media will ask Robert Kraft about, you know, Gerard Mayo and the plan moving forward. It'll be telling how Robert Kraft handles those questions. Standard Bitcoin, please God. No mayo as replacement. TJK 92. Dallas with the Chargers have the roster closest to winning a Super Bowl. Atlanta has no quarterback, but a talented quarter, uh, but a talented roster. Otherwise, yes. And, and the interesting thing here is TJK 92. Let's not forget Bill Belichick, he doesn't appreciate the quarterback position as much as we do. Belichick could look at it and say, hey, maybe you know, Jimmy Garoppolo in Atlanta with that roster, we could win 10 games. I could win 10 games with Jimmy G being quarterback. Maybe that's what Belichick says to himself. Maybe he says, hey, Atlanta, we'll go out, we'll get Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins with that roster, we could win 10 or 11 games. We could win the NFC South. NFC South sucks. So Belichick could look at it and say, give me an average to slightly above average quarterback. We'll win 10 games a year. And I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. It's just whether or not he can pick that right quarterback and if the offensive system works. And I would not be surprised if Josh McDaniels is going to be along with Belichick wherever he goes next. We'll see. Mike Larry says, they will be better, not six rings, but watchable. Tom Mayo is a complete dud as the pick. So getting a lot of uh, anti-Mayo stuff here. CEO Maniac. It was time, and I was once campaigning for Bill to be gone, but all of a sudden, I feel sad. It's okay. Embrace the feelings. You know, the last time the New England Patriots had a head coach that wasn't Bill Belichick, I could not drink legally. Unfortunately, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Roll Pats, what happens to Matt Groh? Does he get fired, or is he allowed to look for jobs elsewhere? I would certainly hope that Matt Groh is outski. And I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Groh goes along with the contingent with Belichick somewhere else. But I want nothing to do with Matt Groh, with all due respect. Move on. Mark McCarthy, I knew it was coming, but I still hate it. Cameron, I didn't think this would actually happen. Figured Kraft would get cold feet. Now that it's actually happening, do you think we are about to see wholesale changes on the entire coaching staff? No. I do not anticipate wholesale changes. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we'll see wholesale changes. Mike Vrabel comes into town if that's the guy. Maybe he brings in Arthur Smith for his offensive coordinator position, but he also could stick with Bill O'Brien. They have a relationship from back in Houston. And, you know, defensively, I think you want to try to keep some continuity, right? This defense has been so good. Maybe you promote DeMarcus Covington if Gerard Mayo's pissed that he didn't get the head coaching job. Maybe Mayo's okay with being promoted to defensive coordinator slash assistant head coach. But I don't think you're going to see this massive overhaul aside from the guys that leave with Belichick bill, please take cam Acord. Please take Joe judge, take all of them. If you take those guys, if you'd like take bill O'Brien, I'd rather have Josh McDaniels. If we're going to stick with some of the same people here, Jeff McLeod would love to see Mike Vrabel as the new head coach again. Don't forget, Super Chats, you jump in front of the line. I'm not going to be able to see all of the comments. We're very busy, and I appreciate that. If you want to jump to the front of the line like Devin did a little bit earlier, you can do that with a Super Chat. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up, comment, subscribe. Trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of this month means the world to me. You know, More subscriptions, more comments, more likes means more eyeballs if you're watching On X, you can also throw a comment in as well. Facebook, same deal there. Let's get back to Belichick and why this was the right thing to do. Bill Belichick is a victim of his own success. Bill Belichick was so successful that he gained so much power that that power led to his downfall. The power that he gained to be the president of football operations, the GM, whatever title you want to give him, he earned that power. But inevitably, the power got the best of him. Because when you look at the personnel, there are so many swings and misses. It's difficult to justify the track record over the last eight to 10 years. And yes, I know they won Super Bowls, but I'm talking about the draft. From 2015 to 2022, Bill Belichick literally one of the worst performing GMs in the draft. We did a podcast on that sometime in the middle of November. Check it out. We have the numbers to prove it. Thanks to ESPN's Bill Barnwell. Absolutely terrible draft after draft after draft after draft. The last draft pick signed to an extension was Jake freaking Bailey, who they released shortly after he signed the extension. It is a brutal Track record since 2015. Now, this past draft with Gonzalez and Keon White looks pretty good. Pop Douglas. But Belichick's power is the reason why I think he's no longer head coach of the New England Patriots. He had power to pick all of his staff. When Bill O'Brien was brought in, as we found out from the Boston Herald's Andrew Call. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. You brought in Bill O'Brien because Kraft wanted Bill O'Brien, but Belichick would not allow O'Brien to, to pick his own staff. Belichick ran things his way. It worked for two decades, but inevitably that power and how he runs the program was his downfall. Not bringing in outside voices, not bringing in a fresh set of eyes. And And when you have the power, sometimes you lose your way. And it feels from a personnel standpoint, whether it was failing to evolve with the salary cap system, whether it was sticking by his old principles in the draft and that not working out, whether it was him sticking with the principles of, you know, signing certain guys and not giving certain positions a certain amount of money, whatever it was, it just, it led to bad football on the offensive side and special teams. And for people who wanted Belichick to stay, I just ask one question. How in the world could you trust Belichick to handle the next three, four years in the right way? I mentioned in 2021, he was given the golden opportunity. He was given all the resources. He was given all the money to spend. He had draft picks to utilize. And it led us to this four and 13 season. How, in, in your right mind, if you're Robert Kraft, could you look at what's happened here the last three or four years and feel confident that Belichick was the guy to lead this program into the future? How? How could you trust Bill Belichick to draft the right quarterback, handle the quarterback in the right way, develop the quarterback correctly, give that quarterback the right scheme in supporting cast that gets the best out of that quarterback? How in the world could you feel any confidence in that idea after what we've seen the last few seasons post-Brady? I have zero confidence that Belichick would be able to evaluate, pick, handle, develop, and support that quarterback the right way. If you draft Jaden Daniels third overall, is Belichick going to be able to get the most out of Jaden Daniels? If it's Drake May, if it's Caleb Williams, if it's Marvin Harrison and you draft Michael Penix, whatever you do, how can you possibly trust Bill Belichick with the next franchise quarterback when the last franchise quarterback imploded in front of our eyes? And one other thing that has been seldom brought up, let's not forget that Belichick had one year left on his contract. He was walking into a lame duck year. Do you think Belichick wanted to coach a lame duck season? Like, play that out. If you're Robert Kraft and you don't extend Belichick, now you have a head coach on a lame duck contract. If he stinks, you completely wasted a year. If Belichick is good, now you're staring at giving Belichick an extension and having him coach until he's 75, 76 years old. Is that what you want to do? I mean, if he was good, you're now in a real conundrum. You know Belichick wants to break the Shula record. What if What if Belichick came back and he won eight or nine games in his final season, right? And it's at the final year of his contract. Let, let's paint that picture. Belichick wins eight games in 2024. Even better. He wins nine games. He limps into the playoffs. You'll lose the first round in the playoffs. Do you think... Robert Kraft is going to say goodbye to Bill Belichick after a nine-win season, getting into the playoffs and being only a handful of wins away from breaking Shula's record? No. If you married yourself to Bill Belichick for 2024, you were going to marry yourself to Bill Belichick for 25 and 26. And if you're not 100% confident that Belichick is the guy for 2024, how in the blue hell could you feel that way about 2025? Don't forget to give us that like. means the world to us. takes a second of your time. Uh, Allen says, I won't miss Bill's petty coaching decisions like benching Pop Douglas after the fumble. Yeah, old school kind of way. Old school kind of way of handling things. Scott Harper jumps in and says, the draft picks. It's time for Bill to leave. So many guys we passed up on in the draft. Yeah, I mean, the drafting record, the drafting resume is inexcusable, frankly. It's inexcusable. Matthias, hello from Sweden. I think he meant good pod, but God pod. Hmm. I guess I'll take it. (laughs) Again, thanks to everybody. We're going to keep this rolling. I'm going to stay here as long as you're here. Appreciate you joining me early on this Thursday morning as we break the news that uh, Bill Belichick, we didn't break the news. We're talking about the breaking news. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are mutually parting ways. Uh, There will be a noon a noon press conference with both Kraft and Belichick coming up today. The Grizz says, can't wait to watch this fan base cry that Kraft chose Mac and the team to build off of after 2021 success. I don't think, Grizz, that Mac is going to be back. And I think Mac has had enough of New England. I think he, he wants to reset. He wants a refresh, and I wouldn't blame him. JD, my two cents. Pat's already had a plan. Kraft's already have lined up a GM and organizational continuity to continue with the Gen Patriot Way family. They want to be a Steeler-Packer-Chiefs-quality organization. I agree with that, J.D. I do think they have their list of favorites. I do think Gerard Mayo is near the top of that list. Mike Vrabel might throw a wrench in that. I would hope that they look at Mike Vrabel and seriously consider him. But, yes, I think Kraft wants to stay within the family, so to speak. I think that's what he wants to do. Eastside Morales TV says, Bill left this team in shambles. Uh, Offensively, yes. Offensively, a disaster. Special teams, a disaster. But you do have a foundation to build off of defensively. And if you make some right decisions offensively and you keep some continuity, to use that word we just used a minute ago, defensively on that side of the football, if you keep that continuity, then I think you have a chance. You stay healthy, you make some shrewd, good, smart moves, you got a chance. Dustin Huckabee, Belichick will be a Cowboy if Mike doesn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think if the Cowboys fail to win a playoff game, uh, I'd be surprised if McCarthy, you know, lasts. If they win a playoff game, it'll get interesting. It'll get very interesting. Spunky boy, I say get rid of O'Brien. That offense was the worst I've ever seen in my life this season. Uh, The question is, Spunky, if I may call you spunky, uh, I, I look at the offense and, you know, is it Bill O'Brien's fault? Is it the support? Is it the wide receivers? Is it the coaching staff that he wasn't able to actually bring his guys in? I'm not going to throw the offense all on Bill O'Brien. I'm, just, I'm not going to do that. And, you know, if he comes in with a solidified plan and he's willing to tweak the offensive scheme and system, I don't think it's crazy to keep him here. But, I would start looking at some fresh minds and some fresh set of eyes. I I just would not blame O'Brien for all of this. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him for all of it that we've seen. Kelso, uh, Jonathan Kraft already said, no more hangouts from the Belichick era. That's good news. Gives me hope for the future. We'll see. Don't forget, Robert has the call. Robert has the call. All right, don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to subscribe. Trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of January. Johanan, what got me was they slept on getting quarterback like they were counting on a season cancellation because of COVID. The Cam Newton thing was weird. The Jared Stidham thing was weird. The 20-plus transactions at quarterback this year, inexcusable, ridiculous. No plan. We've talked about it. Belichick failed to have a plan. He failed to have a plan with his coaching staff. Josh McDaniels left. He had nobody to go to as offensive coordinator, which left him with Judge and Patricia. The offensive line decisions, the Shaq Mason decision, Joe Tooney going back a number of years ago, those decisions didn't have a plan. You look at the current roster, there's no tight end that has a contract in 2024 right now. The wide receiver position, what's the plan there? You extended Devontae Parker for some unknown reason. It was this failure to have a plan. And it goes back to the most critical position in all of the league quarterback. He failed to have a solid, logical quarterback plan for when Brady left. And whether you agree or disagree about Brady leaving in his 40s and Belichick saying, I don't I don't think that Brady at the age of 41, 42 is worth giving 50 million guaranteed dollars to whether you agree or disagree with that doesn't really matter. You have to look at what did he do after that? What followed Brady? To me, it's insane that there was no plan at the quarterback position when you said goodbye to the greatest quarterback, greatest player of all time. You had Jared Stidham on the roster. That was the plan until you scrambled to sign Cam late in the summer. Think about that. You knew Brady was leaving. Belichick knew Brady was leaving. And he had no plan. And I don't even know if they draft a quarterback in 2021 if Mac doesn't fall to 15. We're talking about the most critical position. Alan, thank you for the super chat. It is much appreciated, my friend. Throw a comment in if you'd like, but uh, I always appreciate the super chats mean the world to me. Uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, that donation, as we would say. Stanley, got what you want. Imagine next year Belichick is preparing for the Super Bowl. So Stanley's not happy. How about Romain B. from France? Hi, from France, Nick. To me, the most damning thing was the echo chamber he built in the front office and coaching staff, completely going against what he always preached about self-scouting and being ahead. It was an echo chamber. It was this ecosystem. It was incredibly incestuous, right? He has his sons on the coaching staff. He has Al Groh's son as his right-hand man in the front office. The staff is littered with former Patriots, guys that he trusts, guys that might not have those same positions on a coaching staff anywhere else in the league. It was just going back to the same old, same old. And it it, it led this team to failure. Sports Unlimited, what's up, Nick? Great part as usual. Uh, great pot, I would imagine he meant. Uh, Bill Belichick is the reason why we are here. He's not a good general manager, and he had to go. I hope Vrabel is the new coach. And he did correct it. Great podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you. Nolan, makes you wonder if they had to make this announcement now in order to jump on the guy they want. Great point by Nolan. Now, as we've heard, you know, the the Gerard Mayo thing is out there. Tom Curran believes they're going to stick with Mayo. He has said that multiple times since Mike Vrabel became available, but it does make you wonder if the crafts are looking and saying, hey, Mike Vrabel is. Gerard Mayo, but better experienced. He's won in the league. He relates to the players like Gerard does. And maybe they look at it and they say, let's make that jump. Now let's, let's solve this thing. Now I found it interesting too. I don't know how many of you found this interesting. Like I did, but Josina Anderson yesterday mentioned that there were still conversations going on at Gillette and part of the, post from Josina Anderson was that the Patriots were looking at personnel additions. I don't know what that meant. I don't know if they were looking at the roster and they were picking apart the mistakes that Belichick made. I don't know if they were talking about what moves Belichick had in mind moving forward. I don't know if they meant coaching staff personnel. Has Gerard Mayo been involved at all in any of these conversations? Did they go to Gerard and say, hey, Would you be okay being Mike Vrabel's defensive coordinator if we ended up bringing him in? Phil Perry posts, haven't sensed a great deal of surprise from folks inside the building. They saw this was a possibility. Some saw it as a likelihood. It's my understanding that many Patriots staffers are finding out Bill will no longer be head coach the same way a large portion of the fan base has on the internet. (laughs) Yikes. Ben Standig, who writes for The Athletic in Washington, here's what he just posted. Reinforcing previous thoughts on Belichick and the commanders, the team is not expected. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. To pursue the ex-Patriots head coach. So wipe the commanders off the list. That ain't happening. Scott Shepard says, I am so glad there was no conflict. I would hope so. That's what they're telling us. Does it mean that there was absolutely... No conflict. I'm not sure. You're always going to try to make it sound great on the way out. Semi-charm life. A new era dawns in New England. Let's go. LFG, baby. Trying to look through some more of these comments here. Mike Pyle, love your show. Love your show. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you joining us. Dave Perez. Thank you. No, David. Thank you. John Balmer. Oops. Jumped on me. Let's get to John's comment. If I can, there we go. John's comment, new coach, new GM, I think is the way to go. Instead of one person having all the power and control. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the Vrabel, the Vrabel part of this conversation is interesting because does Vrabel want power or is he just willing to work hand in hand with the GM and all that stuff? Or, Or does Vrabel want more say within the personnel? Reportedly, AJ Brown, that trade was not on Mike Vrabel. Did he see that play out, get sick of it and say, I'm not going through that again. I don't know. Did 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 Vrabel actually want Tom Brady instead of Ryan Tannehill? And it didn't go his way. And he was frustrated by that. I have no idea. Xavier Costa says, thank you, Bill, for everything. Yes, thank you, Bill, for everything. Continue to throw your comments in. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. The crowd is growing because those thumbs, those likes mean an awful lot. Comment, subscribe. Looking for 1,500 subscriptions by the end of this month. And I'm telling you right now, before we get to Belichick and what he accomplished, I, I want to tell all of you, This offseason, we're going to do as much work as we can, okay? We talk free agency. We talk draft. We talk this coaching decision. When things break like today, even if it's we've got to do a podcast at 9 a.m. instead of 11 a.m., we're going to do it. So subscribe, get notified, all those good things. All right. You got a drink of water. It's been almost an hour. I think I could do that. With everything said about Bill Belichick, and the reasons why he failed, and the reasons why today was, I think, a necessary step for the future of this organization, Bill Belichick, in my opinion, deserves all the respect and appreciation in the world from Patriots fans, Patriots players, the Crafts, everybody. And and I want to give Bill Belichick his flowers right now before he moves on, because after today. We're going to focus on who's next. We're going to move on with our football lives. We're going to see where Belichick goes. We're going to see if it's Mayo or Vrabel or somebody else. And I don't want to move forward without looking at Bill Belichick and giving him a thank you and going through some of the greatness that he brought here to New England. I think it's only fair. I've said this from the beginning. I wanted to move on from Bill. But... I also appreciate and respect and acknowledge the greatness that he brought to New England. Obviously, he drafted Tom Brady. You start with that. You don't draft Tom Brady. I don't think we see much of what we saw the last 20-plus years. But people forget because people will say, oh, well, he, he drafted Brady. Brady fell in his lap, sixth-round pick, all of that stuff. He, you know, he wasn't really a Belichick pick. Let's not forget, Belichick made a very, very intelligent decision. When they drafted Brady, Belichick decided to keep Brady on the roster. And that is a move that gets overlooked. If Belichick doesn't keep Brady on the active roster, Brady might end up leaving New England and going somewhere else. And we're not even having this conversation today. So it's not only the fact that he drafted Brady, it's the fact that he kept Brady on the roster. Kept him on the roster because he saw something in Brady. He believed that Brady deserved to hang around. And that decision is one of the biggest decisions in the history of this organization. Belichick made the brady Bledsoe call. Wasn't easy back then. For fans who were fans during the Bledsoe era, you know this. Bletso and Brady was a legitimate debate here in New England. A lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, wanted to go back to Drew Bledsoe. They wanted Bledsoe to be the guy. And Belichick made the unpopular decision. It's aged like a fine wine. But when he made the decision in that moment, it was not a popular decision to move on from Drew Bledsoe. But he made that call. Huge call. Drafted Brady. Kept Brady on the roster. Then chose Brady over Bledsoe. You can't overlook those. Decisions by Belichick in the moment, those were not easy decisions. Looking back, greatest of all time, it seems obvious. It was not obvious in that moment. Belichick made those crucial decisions that led to six Super Bowls and nine Super Bowl appearances. He developed the GOAT. He helped develop Tom Brady. He protected Tom Brady. Brady was able to develop on his own timeline. Because this team had a defense that could help protect the quarterback. It had established wide receivers. It it was full of veterans who could help the young quarterback. Brady wasn't thrown into some utter crap situation. We can't overlook that. As the culture recently has failed this team, I think you look back the first 20 years or so, Belichick set the culture. Belichick held that culture together along with Brady for 20 years. And if you look at all of the dynasties that have happened in sports, folks, it's incredibly difficult to have a dynasty stick together for 10 years, let alone 15 years, let alone 20 freaking years. Belichick was able to set the culture. He kept the team in check during an incredible period of success. Not every coach could do that. He managed egos. He managed expectations. He had the ability to keep Tom Brady grounded. He had the ability to handle anybody who walked into that locker room like a Brian Cox and have him fit in or Rodney Harrison and have him fit in seamlessly, bringing in Randy Moss. Randy Moss, that trade again. When we look back at it, it seems like an obvious call. It was not an obvious call. Randy Moss was practically excommunicated from the NFL at the time Belichick traded for him, which is why he was able to trade for Moss with the mid-round pick. But he brought Moss in, and Moss was the perfect fit. Now he's doing ESPN, for the love of God. Who thought Randy Moss would be doing you know ESPN television going back 15 years ago? 20 years ago. So Belichick set the culture. He kept the team in check. He managed the egos. And as this team continued to be successful, he managed the expectations. And that's not easy. And it's especially not easy to do it for two freaking decades. We look at what's going on here recently. And again, Belichick, I think, absolutely deserved to be removed as the head coach because of the last four or five years post-Brady. But. We're giving the man his flowers right now. We did 45 minutes or so on why this was the right move. Looked forward a little bit. Now we're looking at what he created here and, and respecting what he did. And we could sit here and we could talk about the free agency moves like the Juju versus Jacoby decision this past offseason. But don't forget Belichick for a long time made shrewd free agent move after shrewd free agent move in 2001. Belichick signed Terrell Buckley, Mike Compton, Brian Cox, Mark Edwards, Damon Hewitt, Larry Izzo, David Patton, God rest, Roman Pfeiffer, Anthony Pleasant, Antoine Smith, and Mike Vrabel. All of those guys in one offseason. In 2003, he brought in Rodney Harrison. He signed Tyrone Poole. He signed Roosevelt Colvin. In 2014, he reshaped the defense by signing Darrell Revis and Brandon Browner. He brought back Patrick Chung, who had failed in Philadelphia. These are shrewd moves. Free agent after free agent that he stole. Again, not recently. The track record's not good, but we're giving him respect. Interestingly enough, 12 of those 18 names, by the way, that I just gave to you were on the defensive side. Hmm hmm, Belichick was able to find value and find perfect fits within his system over and over and over again. And that's why I think it's outrageous to say that this is all Brady. For the people who say, oh, it's all Brady, no, it's not. He drafted Brady, kept him on the roster, made the brady Bletso call, He managed egos and expectations. He kept the team in check. He set the culture. He made great free agent move after great free agent move. We'll get to the draft in a minute because he was damn good in the draft for a number of years. He found value. He found perfect fits. Before 2015, he had plenty of draft hits. You look at Belichick and what he did from 01 to 2012. In 2001, he drafted Seymour and Matt Light. In 2002, he drafted Deion Branch and David Givens. In 2003, he drafted Ty Warren, Nan Copen, Asante Samuel. In 2004, he drafted Vince Wilfork and Benjamin Watson. In 2005, he drafted Logan Mankins. In 08, he drafted Gerard Mayo, Matthew Slater. In 09, he drafted Sebastian Vollmer, Patrick Chung, and Julian Edelman in the seventh round. Quarterback. Made him a wide receiver. In 2010, he drafted Rob Gronkowski and Devin McCourty. In 2012, he moved up for both Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower. Seymour, light. Branch, Givens, Warren, Copen, Samuel, Wilfork, Watson, Mankins, Mayo, Slater, Volmer, Chung, Edelman, Gronk, McCourty, Jones, and Hightower. Aside from Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, greatest player of all time. Those things happened. No matter, no matter what happened in the draft from 2015 to 2022, Belichick made the final call for almost a quarter of a century, and he drafted a lot, a lot of damn good football players. He signed a lot of damn good football players. Fell off the rails recently, but let's not disrespect the track record. How about the fact that Bill Belichick limited, you could even say in some instances, shut down Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, his career against Bill Belichick's defense in New England, He was 6-13. Peyton Manning was 6-13 against the Patriots during Belichick, the Belichick era. Peyton Manning against the Patriots defense had 26 interceptions. The next closest team to that interception number was 19. Peyton Manning's career passer rating against the Patriots with Belichick in charge was 89.8. That is the eighth worst passer rating mark of Peyton Manning's career. he shut down one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And because he was able to beat Peyton Manning in that Indianapolis Colts offense, you were able to allow Brady to flourish and win Super Bowls. That was part of the story. That's why you can't sit there and say, oh, it was all Brady. Because you needed Belichick and you needed that defense to slow down Peyton Manning. The countless in-game strategic decisions that led to wins from Belichick. The double score that everybody does now. It's a Belichick thing. The intentional safety he took years and years ago. Nobody had ever seen that before. Here was Belichick resetting the standard. He limited the greatest show on turf. An offense that nobody thought could be limited. He did it. He made the call, by the way, against the greatest show on turf. Remember John Madden saying during the Super Bowl, they got to take a knee and go into overtime? Remember that? Belichick trusted Brady in that moment to lead his team to that Super Bowl win. He trusted a young quarterback. He believed that Brady could lead that team down the field. He believed in it. Belichick could have easily told Tom Brady to take a freaking knee, and let's get to overtime. He didn't. He acquired Corey Dillon in 2004, which, again, reshaped the offense. Dillon finished with over 1,600 yards and 12 touchdowns in 2004 after everybody thought that he was going to be out of the league when he was having issues in Cincinnati. He shut down Sean McVay's offense in Atlanta. I was fortunately there to see the last Super Bowl that Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and company won as New England Patriots. A memory that is one of the greatest memories that I have and will have for the rest of my life. Even though I spent my ass on the ticket. Spent a lot of money on that ticket. A lot of money. Worth it. Shut down McVay's offense. 13 AFC Championship games. six. Super Bowl wins, nine Super Bowl appearances. This was not just Belichick. It was not just Brady. I know it's seen as a bad thing to say in the media. I couldn't care less. I don't do this for people to say, oh, well, uh, he's not talking like the other guys. It was both Brady and Belichick. And I just ran, through, ran down the litany of things that Belichick did that helped build and sustain this dynasty. Not once, but twice. Daniel jumps in and says, going to be an interesting offseason, but starting this rebuild now is the perfect time. I agree. Time to go. It's time to go. McTauger. Brady went to a loaded team with a defensive, uh, a decent offensive coach. He won. Yes, but he didn't do it all himself. Ridiculous. You don't understand football. There's a little bit of a back and forth here. I think somebody's trolling. Don't buy into the trolls. Don't do that. (laughs) It's bad for your health. But yeah, I, I mean, this idea, like Brady being, you know, successful in Tampa, I don't look at that as saying Brady would have been successful here in New England because Brady went to a team that had just a number of weapons, weapon after weapon, after weapon, after weapon, a a really good offensive line. And if you remember Brady in 2019, the supporting cast wasn't good. I mean, the issues with the offense really started in 2018 when they had to go to an almost run-exclusive team at times to make that Super Bowl run. Belichick and McDaniels got together and said, we can't throw the football. We, we have to run the football. We've got to continue to run the football. And then 2019, you know, they went crazy. They brought in Antonio Brown for a week. That fizzled out. The Muhammad Sanu trade was a disaster. So I think it would be revisionist history to believe that if Brady stayed in New England... Brady would have produced the same way that he produced with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. By the way, Tom Curran, NBC Sports Boston, says the indications that he has gotten is that Gerard Mayo will be the successor to Bill Belichick. So again, Curran has been very, very committed and confident that Gerard Mayo will be the next head coach of the New England Patriots, even with Mike Vrabel out there. We'll see if that works out. I appreciate every single one of you joining the show today. Special start time at 9 a.m. for the breaking news. I haven't had breakfast. It's, all, it's great. I love doing this. It's my passion. I appreciate every single one of you. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Every single like is important. Don't forget to comment during these videos and after these videos. Don't forget to subscribe, trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions. By the end of January, Tracy jumps in and says, thanks, Nick. Thanks, Tracy, for watching and being involved. All of you matter. All of you matter to the existence and the survival of this program. When you like, when you comment, when you subscribe, you help drive things here. And for a person who's doing this as a one-man band, it could not be appreciated anymore. Trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of January, trying to hit that number. Trying to raise the numbers in this community so we can continue to do this kind of work and have these kinds of conversations. Genuine and researched. that's what we try to do here. So I appreciate every single one of you. The press conference is coming up in less than two hours. Of course, we'll be watching it. Any breaking news will be all over it. It's a it's Snoopy says, I hate y'all, but I still subbed as a Jets fan. <laughs> should we give uh, should we give the Jets fan? it's Snoopy the final word here? Should we give him the final word? What do you think? Should we give him the final word? No, we're not going to give him the final word. Let me charm life. Say good job, Nick. Would prefer Vrabes over Mayo. We'll get to all of that. There's a lot to cover this off season. It's going to be a busy one. I appreciate you. Every Monday through Friday at 11 a.m., we do this thing outside, of course, of the breaking news. YouTube Live. That's what we do. It's the Nick Cattle Show. Be well. Enjoy the press conference again. If something breaks. We'll be back, but until then, enjoy yourself.